Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I'm so excited to have you join me once again with a fabulous guest that I have for you today. Um, and thank you to everybody all around the world, all the countries that are listening to the show. I hope that me, along with my guests, are making an impact on your life because the goal here is to help you take the risks that you need, get over the fears of whatever it is that's stopping you from living the life that you deserve to live that fearlessly authentic life. That is the reason why I call this show Fearlessly Authentic, because I am the OG of fear um, until I took one of the biggest risks of my life and changed my life. And now I take risks all the time. However, Sometimes I doubt myself and we'll, we'll get that will be another episode, but um, I hope that you're all learning something because again, the goal is to educate, empower, entertain you and inspire you so you can have that amazing life. And in that amazing life, I wanted to share a few things with you uh, before I get to my wonderful guest today. And that is Sakara. Sakara is a plant-based uh, company that has products and food delivery service. So what I decided last year uh, to, my birthday's at the end of the year. So I started in January with a plant-based company, Sakara, who would make delicious food for me to eat. It was prepared food that would be delivered to my home twice a week because I'm not great at cooking and I had no idea how I was going to make plant-based foods taste good. And Sakara just kicks it out of the ballpark. I don't know where I just came up with that ballpark metaphor, but yes, they do. And so if you are interested in trying plant-based foods that are delicious and nutritious for you, use my code XOJODY to save 20% on your first order. They also have other products like metabolism powder, metabolism bars, and so on. But check them out. Use my code XOJODY and go to Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com to save 20% on your first order. And I also have another product that I absolutely love. So I only talk about products that I absolutely love that are making a difference in my life. The other one is from a company called Soul CBD, and they have a sleep gummy that put me straight to sleep last night. My goodness. Um, the Usually it takes... I. I have a really hard time sleeping, especially in the past 10 years, have a really hard time falling asleep. This gummy has helped me tremendously. So if you go to soulcbd.com, put in my code JHB, like Jody Harrison Bauer, you will save 15% on your order. So there you go. Hope you can try those products. Let me know. Please, please, please contact me, DM me, let me know at Jody Harrison Bauer on Instagram or on my email, which you will hear during the break. I'm not sure what the email is. But on with the show with my guest, Justin Buonimo. He is a financial expert. I'd like to call him a financial guru. We've had many conversations in the past, and I've just watched him grow as a business human and 
as a person. I've just watched the growth um, because we met about a year ago. And so welcome to the show, Justin. Thank you so much. Um, I'm honored to, to be here because I think from the minute that I met you and kind of interacted with you the first time on uh, a friend's you know, group coaching structure mm-hmm. um, about a year ago now, which is crazy. Um, you were one of the people that stood out to me the most. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on your show. It was just like this woman has accomplished some things. She knows what she wants. And the best part is that she's having an incredible impact on other people um, throughout her life journey. So I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. I feel the same way about you because finances is a difficult subject to talk about. Um, most people do feel uncomfortable about it um, because maybe they're unsure. They don't want people to know that they don't know what they're talking about or they've had some issues in the past and you really help guide them. So before I go into asking you a few questions, I wanted to give our listeners a little bit of background on you so they know exactly who I'm speaking with. So Justin, um, Justin lives in Baltimore with his beautiful new wife, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, you're a newlywed. Oh, wow. Congratulations. With his wife, Lauren, and is the founder, owner, and CEO of Just Financial Foundations, JFF. JFF helps individuals and families with their personal finances to use as a portal to their dream life. JFF currently has several hundred clients worldwide, spanning from Alaska all the way to London and down to Central America. Justin holds a master's degree in healthcare management He has seven plus years at Johns Hopkins experience, where he served in several senior leadership roles before stepping away in December 2020, that was just not even a year ago, to take on JFF full-time. JFF has been ranked number one in the country for their services by several large tabloids. Justin has also also teaches economics, accounting, and finances at a grad school and undergraduate level for local university. He is extremely passionate about helping people take control of their personal finances in an effort to let them live life on their own terms. So true. Um, you know, I try to do the same thing, help people age on their own terms. So let's start from why this became a passion for you and why you want to help people in this part of their life. Yeah, that's such a, a good question because particularly I have a... A, I like to say like a personal tie to this, if you will, this topic, right? And the negative ramifications it could have on people and families, um, if not handled, well, first taught the right way and then handled the right way um, in turn. And so I, I came from a great background. My parents were fantastic. Um, they gave us a great life. They really would sacrifice anything that they would um, or that they could to make sure that we had the best life possible. But unfortunately, I did see some issues around money. Um, that caused division and a lot of unnecessary hardship for my family. So, you know, when I was 10 years old, my parents filed for bankruptcy. Um, and because of that, they got a divorce. We lost both cars in our house. And I had to move to a different school district, whole new house, had to get rid of our dog. Like we literally had to move out of our house because our parents had to sell the house and they both are going to places where we couldn't bring a dog. I had a dog who was my best friend for four years. And I was, I was maybe, I think, take it 10 years old, right? And so just all of those negative repercussions because my parents had money issues. And looking back, I'm like, what went wrong? My parents were both successful people in their own right. Like they had decent jobs. They had really good, you know, athletic success in the past and were really well put together people. My dad could literally sell paper to a tree. He's such a good salesman. My mom, beautiful woman, you know, has always been successful with everything she's done. And they, they had that much trouble with their finances. They, they got 
that deep into issues. So there obviously was some type of, you know, lacking in quality resources to go to, to really learn this stuff. Cause it's not taught in schools. It's not taught, you know, and even in, in most colleges, it's not taught, it's not taught at home. And if it is taught by somebody, you have to remember that 95% of this country is financially illiterate. So the person teaching you that could fall into that bucket or very well does. Right. And so I remember when I was 10 years old, when that happened, when I was getting the news broke to me about all this stuff happening and my parents splitting up and um, I remember seeing the car get towed away and I made a promise to myself. I said, one day when I can control it, I never have to worry about money ever again in my life. My family will never have to go through this. My kids will never have to experience what I'm going through. You know, and thankfully I kept that promise to myself as I got older, right? But also as I got older, God kept nudging me and he's like, why stop with yourself? Why stop with your family? Why stop with your mm-hmm. friends? Why don't I try to help as many people as you possibly can? With this now, not just passion that you have, but also started to grow it into an expertise. Um, after my master's degree at working at Hopkins and having a lot of financial responsibility, creating the system that worked for me. And then um, I'm sure we'll get into it today, open up a huge door for me to really answer that nudge from God to help as many people as I possibly can to not only avoid what my family went through when we were younger and all those unnecessary stress and anxieties and missed opportunities in the process, but to mostly be able to live their dream life if they can just capitalize on their personal finances. Um, and so that's kind of the little bit of background on, on how we got here. It's interesting how the way we grew up really affects the way we are and the kind of how we want to serve other people in our life. And, you know, it's about connecting the dots in our past that helps us see how we want to pave the way going forward. Right. And so if you saw that growing up, and I know the way I grew up, my parents did not really teach us fiscal responsibility. You know, we'd go to the mall. They had malls back then. Eventually they did. Um, My mom and dad would just give me the money. And I wish that they had said, Jody, we'll give you $10 to go to the mall if you rake the leaves in the backyard or something, because there needed to be, and I, I don't know, your parents are probably my age. So my parents are, you know, my dad's gone, but my mom's in her late 80s. My dad would have been 90. Um, that generation, because they came out of the depression, they they just wanted to throw all the money at the baby boomers. You know, that's what I am. And so yeah. they didn't have, they just wanted to be like, hey, I'm making money. Take the money. Don't worry about it. We got you. And now- So many of us as baby boomers wanted to teach our children, the millennials, I'm just grouping everybody kind of generally speaking, that there is a value attached to the dollar because we realize what you just said, that financial responsibility, fiscal understanding of money is not taught in schools. Right. You know, you learn math and you learn sociology and so on and so forth, but you don't understand that relationship. And that relationship with you and money can change everything. So when I had children, my ex-husband and I, he was had the financial mind. We we really impose that financial responsibility on our children. So they do value, value it. But, you know, um, it is hard when you see that and you go through that it makes such a huge impact on you to help other people. So in in what you went through and realizing that you don't want that to happen to you and you want to help others, what was the first step that you took to having that financial freedom or gaining that financial responsibility? 
That is a great question. And I think, you know, really creating a goal or giving your money a mission. What is your why for wanting mm. to do that, right? Like, you know, yeah. so a lot of people, you know, they go into the financial side of things like, oh, I need to get my money together for the wrong reasons, for the mm. wrong reasons to put some stuff on Instagram, spend money to impress people that could care less about them, right? Or to hide their insecurities too as well. I call, I say really the biggest reasons, I know it's just, I'll get to the answer to the question here, really the biggest reasons why people um, superficially want to get their money together are because of social pressure influence or their own insecurities, right? And so with that said, if that's the reason why you're doing it, it's never going to be sustainable. So my point here is, is where what really got me started and what's very helpful um, for people to get started is to understand their why. Why, why would you want to be financially well off. And if it has most times anything to do with selfish desires, you're never going to be successful in anything that you do in life. If your why is internally or selfish, right? I, 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 because, so I say this all the time and this is, so when I say you have to set a why to have it be sustainable, it needs to lie externally in somebody else's well-being that you care about. Because if it's internally, if it's selfish, if it's empty, you're going to hit a barrier in life. You're going to hit a roadblock in life. Something's going to come up that's going to be stronger than your why because you're laying in bed. You're like, ah, it's only me putting on these extra 10 pounds by not going to the gym today and sleeping later. Uh, it's only me, you know, putting on extra 10 pounds by eating these cookies that I shouldn't be eating. Uh, it's only me, you know, not making more money here by, you know, working a little harder to get this promotion. But when your why lies in the well-being of your family, so my kids don't ever have to go through what I went through, I promise you, Jody, there'll be nothing ever, ever in this life that will be able to hold me back in totality because that why is so strong because it is lying in somebody else's well-being, particularly somebody that I love, and I'll never let them down. Right. It's very easy to let ourselves down. A lot harder to let other people down that we love and care about. So I'm going to stop you from there. I, I really love what you're saying. So it's almost like not accountability, but I know that so many people come to me to feel better in their body, mind and body. And it's because, for example, they want to be able to run around with their grandchild. They're getting married. They want to look and feel good. But you know what? You're right about this whole thing. Because when I just thought about like the whole marriage thing, somebody coming to me to get married, a lot of the women put the weight back on because it was just for them for that day and not for their well-being and and having a long-lasting relationship with this person they just married and having children and so on. So right. Yeah. It's much more powerful when it's not just for you or being selfish, right? Right, right. Absolutely. I agree because, you know, we always say in my company, we get real sustainable results. This isn't a quick fix. You know, you're not, it's not a bandaid over the real problem, how you get real sustainable results. There's many different things that go into it, but I think one of them is to have that external why, right? Have that why it lies in somebody else's well-being. Um, and so another thing too, you know, a point that I make off of that a lot is if you say that you don't care about money, you're selfish. And I, and I mean, some people may not be intentional. They may not be, you know, maliciously trying to be selfish. When people are like, oh, I don't care about money. It's like, oh, okay. So you don't care about the uh, abundance of unnecessary stress and anxiety and missed opportunities that you're causing you and your family by not quote unquote caring about money, right? I know for a fact that whether they say that or not, I know that you're still going out to dinner with a significant other or with your kids or with, you know, a friend in the back of your mind, you're worrying about that bill coming. Yeah. Right? You're worrying about that coming. And so whether you say that you care about money or not, it's most likely that you do in some form or some fashion. And if you don't, and if you do say that, and if you act like that, I try to articulate to people that you're, you're then selfish in return, right? Because money 
can have such a positive impact. It, it does have an influence on every other facet of your life. And if you do utilize it the right way, see it in the right essence, um, and then also have that external why, you can change not just your life, but everybody around you is for the better. So do you think that when somebody says, because I've heard that also, oh, I don't care about money. I, I've never really understood that. It's not because money is is the number one thing for me. However, it like you said, it will save you from a lot of stress, anxiety when God forbid somebody gets sick. You know, you need to have that financial security for many, many reasons. So you can live the life you deserve. But what do you think goes into that mentality in your opinion, in your experience, to somebody for somebody to say something like that? That I'm very curious about that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's because they're either scared, insecure or had a poor experience of money in the past, oh. right? And so, you know, I'll use this example, right? Like, and you, you're going to get this too as well, probably in the, you know, the fitness industry. Like people are like, I don't care about being fit. It's like, no, you just don't want to put the work in. You just, you're scared to actually try. You're scared to make yourself uncomfortable. You're scared to explore the unknown. And then yes. in turn, you're using, I don't care about being fit as an example. I'm not saying that's, that's the case in totality with every single person on this earth that says that. But the majority of, of times, I find that it's easier to say that you don't care about money than it is to actually step up, make yourself uncomfortable, face your fears, and you know, overcome that barrier, that dark area in your life. I think you are absolutely right. And I don't think that most people understand the power of that financial freedom, the power that money plays in our life. And again, it's it's an important part of our life. Is it the ruler of everything? Should you live and die about how much money you're making? It, it's the way you understand it in your life. It's the same thing. I'm glad you're using fitness as an example. I don't know if you're using it because of me, but that's you know a great way to understand it for um, our listeners also is that somebody who is afraid to take care of themselves or says, I don't need to, or I don't care about being fit, I know is scared to dip their toe into that fitness place. That, that whole, yeah, that Jody fit thing, like what you do, Jody, right? And so how do you get somebody who has those insecurities, that fear to come over to the other side? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, actually part of this. I know we wanted to go over some five tactics here in a little bit, but this Mm -hmm. is going to like the first one here um, in particular is going to be, you know, part of those tactics later, but I'll I'll articulate maybe in a little bit of a different essence. But the first thing is, you know, forgive yourself. If you made Mm -hmm. some mistakes around money, you got to forgive yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you were set up for failure when it comes to finances, because in most instances, you weren't taught about money. Right. So it's kind of like, Imagine you trying to go in and take a a decently complicated and emotional test without ever being taught or studied or prepared for that test. It's most likely going to go terrible, right? And that's how it goes with with finances. People aren't taught the right things. If anything, they're influenced very poorly. They're brought up around poor money habits. They witness poor money habits. You know, um, they see it spent and utilized the wrong way in movies and music, right? The way that even the entertainment world conceptualizes money is just a lack of a better depiction here, brutal, (laughs) right? And so all that stuff growing up, let alone coupled with the fact that the finance industry doesn't try to help that ignorance um, and lack of education, it actually exposes it and takes advantage of it by one, 
you know, if financial advisors and other people out there, you know, I apologize to any financial advisors listening. They're not, it's not the case for everybody. But, you know, in the financial world, people are incentivized to take advantage of you. And they will, unfortunately. Yes. Not everybody is a good person, right? Not everybody has, you know, good intentions in their heart. And then when you throw money in their face as a, an, a, a reward for taking advantage of you, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, it happens. And then think about the, you know, the system. Let's just talk about credit cards, right? Credit cards are a beautiful thing if you utilize them the right way, but they're very hard to figure that out particularly when you have all of these emotions um, that are into it, all of these insecurities, all of these things that you want to go off and, and you know, be flashy about in a tan life and credit cards give you that option to do it and I'll figure it out later. That is a recipe for disaster, right? And those interest rates, they're complicated to explain. I remember a couple months ago, about a year ago now, Chase Bank you know, charged me some inadvertent interest. I was like, there's no reason why this should be charged. I called them and end up finally getting to the manager and trying to figure out why I'm getting charged interest for this. And the manager couldn't even explain to me how the interest rates worked. I had to send him a Zoom link, share my screen and teach him how their APRs or interest rates worked. Right. And so point is, is that is set up for you to fail with everything I just, you know, um, articulated. Right. And so you were, mo- you were, you were destined to fail. So point being here is you have to forgive yourself, right? The past is the past. But what I always say though, is the past may have not been your fault, but it is darn well your responsibility to step up and take care of your future. Mm, right. Tough you love there, Justin. Fear, 100% yeah, athlete I love it. You can't let that fear and those mistakes. You can't let a poor past you know, hold you back from an incredible future. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the biggest thing to not get too deep into these tactics I have for the audience quite yet. But that's the biggest thing right there. And then the next thing right, is to realize money isn't as scary as you think it is. Right. Money's not that complicated. And I tell people all the time, you don't have to be a numbers person to be good with money. You have to care about your well-being and the well-beings of people around you just to care about money and at least give it an attempt. Right. And then when you do give it an attempt, I love the quote where it talks about where it says, you know, once you decide to finally face your fears, you realize they really they were nowhere near as big as you actually thought they were. Um, Absolutely. I think that we all exaggerate our fears. I know that whenever I'm scared to do something, which happens often, but I don't allow it. Like I said, at the beginning of the show, I don't allow it to paralyze me anymore. It's putting one foot in front of the other. I was watching something. Oh, I know what it was. Um, Just a little, little similarity here is I'm, I'm taking ballroom dancing now. Oh, cool. And I kept messing up one of the steps, learning the cha-cha. I don't know if it's cha-cha or cha-cha-cha. Anyway, and he just said, one step in front of the other, Jody. I'm like, I can't. He's like, well, if your right step is your, if your right foot's here, you can't pick it up and go forward. You have to move the left foot. And I thought, brilliant, right? Like I have a dance background, but for some reason I couldn't. And I think it's that way whenever we're doing something new, it scares us. And it's just That's why we need a mentor, a guru, an expert in that field to help us. And that's why it was so important for me to have you on the show because I haven't had a financial expert on the show. And I think it's very important because a lot of people are making a a shit ton of money right now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people aren't making a shit ton of money right now. And I think that we need to find a place in the middle where we can help everybody. And that's why I wanted to reach out to you. One of the things I wanted to go back to your story for a minute, because there was something that you said um, when you were referring back to working um, at Johns Hopkins is what made you, you were in the healthcare, healthcare business part, right? Yeah, exactly. The business side of healthcare. Right. Um, What made you want to leave? 
Um, that's a fantastic question. So people ask it all the time. They're like, man, you had it set up. Um, like I, I got hired 23 years old, fresh out of grad school, two senior leadership roles simultaneously. And the woman who I was reporting to at the time, she's now the vice president of all of Johns Hopkins hospital, which is like an 1100 bed hospital. It's one of the best in the world. Um, and so just had that incredible experience and then moved on to another Johns Hopkins hospital where I reported directly to the president of the hospital, had oversight of about a thousand doctors, uh, $250 million of financial responsibility and um, good autonomy. Like I was just going to keep climbing the ladder. So point being is I was able to trust my intuition and, you know, trust, you know, what God was telling me that there was something better out there for me. Right. And to some people that sounds psychotic, but to me, it was me being intuitive. It was me being for one, able to be open to better and bigger opportunities, right? Not be scared of what could be. I never want to, you know, die one day and ask myself, you know, what could have been, what could have been, right? If I just answered that nudge from God, right? And so with that said, I was like, you know, this is a great setup here, but I'm trusting God that, you know, there's something better. And then, you know, JFF started August, 2020, and I started seeing incredible results, the people that I was working with. And as I told you the other day, I found something in JFF where my passion intersected with my expertise. And in turn, that turned into what I now call a job, if you will, or an everyday life where I have an opportunity to impact an abundant amount of people and make a ton of money in the process of doing so. It doesn't get better than that. So it was a no brainer for me to leave. So you were serving other people. You weren't being selfish in what you were doing. You're, you were like, this is something I need to share with other people. And I love what I'm doing because you were, you were good at it. You know, when we're passionate about something, we have the expertise and the experience, then we find that we're, we're really good at this. And I want to teach other people so they can learn from me. So they don't make the same mistakes that let's just say your parents made. So Mm -hmm. you can say, right. 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 Absolutely. I completely agree. Completely agree. And it's just was something where um, I had the opportunity, like you said, to, I was passionate about it. It lit me on fire. It got me out of bed in the morning. I didn't resent anything about it. And I'm just like, the world needs to know this. And then God gave me the platform and the opportunity where we just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. Um, and so obviously what we were doing was what the world and society needed to hear and learn. And there just was an opportunity that, you know, I was doing well. I was actually balancing this and, you know, Hopkins at one point. And last November, I, uh, about a year ago now, I sat down with my wife. I'm like, I'm leaving Hopkins. <laughs> I'm leaving Hopkins. Um, I just, I couldn't see it any other way. Um, and so thankfully took that leap of faith. Yeah. Was it a little scary? Um, maybe was yeah. it, you know, a little risky, maybe, but at the end of the day, you know, I always ask myself what's worst case scenario. And as I told you the other day, I could always go back, right. It's never right. going to happen. Right. But people, you know, exuberate their fears so much that it paralyzes them and that they can't actually analyze what's going on and what the, the reward risk ratio is. The risk was very little for me in an essence. Right. But the reward was massive and I was ready to chase it. I love that. I, th- I think that's a great example of how you need to believe in yourself because balancing out that risk reward, you know, mm-hmm. you already have it figured out. You just need to take that step and go forward. So we're going to take a break right now. Stay with us, everybody. We'll be right back in a few minutes with Justin and his financial advice for us to live the life that we deserve to live. Love it. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, Following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code PODCAST to get 25% off. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. Welcome back, everybody. I am with my guest, Justin Buonamo. See, I have to just think of Geronimo. (laughs) Buonamo. It's just such a cool name. Um, (laughs) Justin is a financial expert, took a chance, left an amazing job so he can help others have the time and the financial freedom that um, he knows that everybody could reach if they just take that step outside of their comfort zone and they're a bit fearless and trust somebody like Justin to teach them. So welcome back, Justin. Thank you. Thank you. It's been awesome so far. Yeah, it is. Um, You know, one of the things we were talking about when we've talked and, and during the break was that you mentioned that understanding money is is a is a big big picture. It's not just understanding what credit card to buy and you know APR and blah 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 because it is very overwhelming and confusing, which is why I stick to just two credit cards. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to probably say something about that, but anyway, um, anyway, um, but it's a very emotional subject, m- much like a lot of things are. You know, we've touched upon 
um, fitness and that somebody, people think that they could just come in, work out and leave. But if their mindset isn't there, then they're not going to have the intensity. They're not going to be committed and be consistent to practicing health and wellness. Therefore, they'll never reach their goal. So the ones that are committed, committed, and we need to educate and empower them. So with that said, um, money, why is my money such an emotional topic for people? So that's a fantastic question. And a lot of times it has to do with past history with it, whether it was like, I, I have created this thing called the um, financial behavioral cycle, right? And I tell people that, you know, there's four stops on this cycle and it can continuously spin, but it starts with indirect experiences around money. What you see happens throughout your household, through you at your friend's house, through relatives, right? How it's talked about in music or um, in the entertainment world or on TV, right? Those are your first experiences of money because when we're young, we don't have our own money at first, right? So you have those indirect experiences, which then leads to your perception around money, the way that you view money, right? Or the, the uh, more so the, the, the thoughts and feelings you have around money, right? So then from there, that stop then leads into your false reality because we all have a false reality when it comes to money, right? Or anything really in life, right? right? So you go from those indirect experiences to your thoughts and emotions around money, then to your false reality. From your false reality, then creates behaviors with money, right? Which is the fourth stop. Your behaviors around money, right? Then now turn into direct experiences with money once you have your own. Now you have those direct point. A lot of times those experiences, indirect and direct, are negative ones, right? Yes. And then they lead to negative emotions, right? So me seeing my parents split up over money, right? I made a ton of mistakes too around money as well that I had shame and guilt around because of that upbringing, right? And because of those indirect and direct experiences, right? That got me off to a poor start and the cycle keeps getting more and more vicious unless you step in and take, take care of it, right? So point being is those experiences, whether they're indirect or direct in your past, most likely led to and or are still causing negative emotions around money um, falsely and, and wrongly um, because money's not the problem. I tell people all the time, money's a piece of paper or a piece of plastic, right? Where money went bad or credit cards went bad was when men or humans decided to misuse or abuse them, right? Um, just like God put alcohol on this earth, Jesus Christ drank wine, but where alcohol went bad is when humans decide to misuse and abuse it, right? And so point being, the emotions come from those past experiences, whether indirect or direct, that we have never really taken the time or the effort to sit down and correct, but well worth it though. So in your programs, when you're working with um, individuals or groups, so tell us a little bit about what you do to help people find this, I'm going to use the word financial freedom. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the right word that you use, but okay. So how do you coach people on getting over the emotional or finding a peaceful place in the emotional relationship they have with money and get to um, a healthier place? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I, For one, we help them forgive themselves. Like we talked about earlier, you got to forgive yourself. You really do. Right? And we love saying the quote to them, you know, your past may have not been your fault, but it's darn well your responsibility to step up and take care of your future and give them that empowerment. And then talk mm-hmm. to them about why it's so important. Like, do you want your kids to go through what you went through? Right. Do you want to, you know, never go on vacation, right. With your kids and make memories. Do you want to lose, you know, nights about or sleep every night about how you're going to pay your next bill? Do you want to unnecessarily argue with your spouse? Right. So we talk to them about all those things that they're going to go through in life unless they do step up 
and correct this relationship and approach to their finances. Um, and so from there, we also, you know, I'm going to go into some of these tactics too here as well. So one of them is that we, we help them figure out where are your negative and thoughts and emotions coming from around money? Was it because your parents argued about it? Was it because you made mistakes? So we help them uncover the root cause of those emotions to face it, forgive themselves, rid themselves of it. Because particularly if you have negative thoughts consistently around money, one of my favorite, you know, Bible quotes and, and you know, way to utilize it in comparison to money is ask and you shall receive, right? And people don't realize that the most consistent form of asking is your, or are your thoughts, right? Asking doesn't have to be verbal. There's the Bible and science agree on that your thoughts become reality, right? The more you think something, the more it does become reality. Your thoughts look for a physical counterpart, AKA reality, right? I'm reading a book right now called the happy pocket full of money, right? And it's just so huge on manifesting your thoughts, aligning your thoughts correctly to what you want your reality to look like, right? So point being asking you shall receive. So we dig down on why they're thinking so negatively around money, that money mindset, we call it. And we then give them reasons and strategies and support too as well. We're huge on tactics, budgeting, utilize credit cards the right way. But as I told you before, we don't even talk about those things until we get this emotional piece covered because we can give you all these strategies um, to give you financial success. But if you don't see money in the right manner, right? If you don't respect money, if you don't trust money, if you fear money, those tactics are never going to work in totality. Right. And so we help them uncover that first. Yeah. I think that's got to be a huge part in getting somebody to go forward and having that healthier relationship with money. Because it is everything you described, you know, is so emotional and it is a mindset shift. We don't have that mindset. And I think there are so many, you mentioned it earlier, so many um, financial, um, what are they called? Financial people, the advisors, advisors who are making commissions off of how much money you give them and what, and what thing you put them into. It's all, it's all commission-based. It's all driven. It's not necessarily for the good of the client. We all know that by now. Um, So how, how long does it usually take the average person to come around and understand and feel centered around how they want to go forward with money? Or have you seen people really stay stuck someplace and it's, it's hard to take them forward? Absolutely. So I think that where people become stuck is when they can't see the benefit in becoming unstuck. Right. So we help paint that picture for them, like that external why. Right. And so we really find that as soon as you, as soon as somebody finds a reason, a strong why to do it, and someone that they can, that's an expert and trustworthy, then it becomes a heck of a lot easier because I feel like people get stuck because they don't know, they don't have a reason to move forward. At least they try to hide from it because of that shame and that embarrassment. And we rid them Mm -hmm. of that and then help them dig deep into those reasons why they have those emotions. Right. And then also let's just say they get to that point and then they're like, okay, you know, I know this is super important for my family. I got to do better with my finances. Right. I don't want my kids to go through what I went through. There's not many trusted and credible experts to go to. Unfortunately, truthfully have your best interest in mind. I tell people all the time, I could care less about your money. Right. Do I got to collect at the end of the day? Because we're very good at what we do. And I got our business to run 100%. But what I care about most is your results, your well being. Right. I, I asked myself, let's just say you became 
my client, Jody, I'd ask myself, how do I want my wife, my mother, or my sister treated? And that's the way that we approach it. And I think that type of approach really allows people to open up. Okay, I can trust this guy. He's just like an everyday individual. You know, I'd hang out with him, you know, outside. He's, you know, hanging out at the beach, loves to work out. You know, he's got a family just like me, but he just so happens to know his stuff and also have my best interest in mind in the process, right? So I, I think that's the two places where people get stuck. So you mentioned that you have an athletic background. Yeah. And you're, both your parents were athletes too, correct? Yep. And both my siblings, yep. And your siblings as well. Yeah. So do you feel that just, this is just a personal question, not about how you're helping others, but it it does springboard over to how you're helping other people. Do you feel that as an athlete with that mental toughness that you have? Cause I hear a lot of mental toughness, but I also hear a lot of nurturing, which is personally how I like to be coached and how I coach my clients. But do you feel that that athletic background, that competitive background has helped you help other people? A thousand percent, um, because now my competitive nature, right? What drives me, you know, when I was in college, you know, I was an All-American National Championship college lacrosse player, um, and I tore my ACL four times in college, too, and still did that, still did that. Nothing, you know, blowing smoke or whatsoever, but it taught me how to persevere, right? But I was persevering for my own self-righteousness, right? I was like, so I could say I was an All-American, so I could do those things. Now, my perseverance and my consistency, it's in the well-being of other people. And it just becomes so much easier when that's the case. When I know every morning I wake up and there's thousands of people's well-being, you know, in my hands or at stake or my company can impact, um, it's so much more motivating to, you know, step up and help other people. So my point here is, is that I saw what that drive, that grit did for selfish desires, right? And I'm like, imagine if I could focus that and turn that into those external well-beings and whys of other people. Um, and so I think it definitely does help, um, in many instances. Um, it also, you know, made me learn how to interact with people too, Mm. right? Like every single person is different. Every single person, particularly when it comes to their finances has different unique variables, which in turn make them different and justifies the need for a customized and personalized approach to their finances to get them best results. It's one of the biggest issues with the finance world today is there a whole bunch of blanket or general advice out there that people are reading on the internet or hearing at Thanksgiving dinner. And they're like, well, does that make sense for me? My uncle that's given that advice, he's 60 years old with no kids that live in the house and he's about to retire and he's got a couple hundred thousand in the bank. I'm 31 years old. I got three kids. I've got no money to my name and I just started my career, right? Point being is those examples depict what unique variables are, which in turn, you know, create a, a, the need for the, ju- the customized approach. My point of saying all that is my athletic background. I interacted with so many people. My college lacrosse team was like 70 kids. Um, and so you just interact with so many people throughout the years and you understand, you see how different people really are on a case-to-case basis in the way that you need to treat them to get them best results. One size doesn't fit all. Never in finances. Never, ever, ever. We're not cookies. There's no cookie cutter approach to finances. No. And I think there's, you know, if, there's a, there's the basis, basis of what you teach and the basis for learning, but it, Every single person is different, just like they are in life. Everything is different. One of the other things that you've mentioned several times is your faith. And I was wondering how that plays um, in your business role as a coach, as an owner of a business. And, and, and how does that affect the way you approach things? And do you bring that into your coaching? That's a, that's an awesome question. And you know, 100%. And so one of the things that I always say is, this is crazy too. 
money is the second most talked about topic in the Bible. It's actually mentioned more times in the Gospels by 10 times, 10 times more in the Gospels than prayer and faith are. I think I heard that once before. Yes. Isn't that crazy? So I always tell people, obviously, God cares about money, right? But he cares about what you do with that money to make this world a better place, right? That's why we don't want to have selfish desires with money. Money is neutral. But if you don't have the right things in your heart, of course, money is going to turn evil, right? And so I always say, too, as well. You know, this is one of the Bible verses that people really screw up is they say money is the root of all evil. The Bible doesn't say that the love of money is the root of all evil, right? Because when you love something, you worship that, right? And so I always say money is a great tool. It's a terrible God. So it's the love of money is the root of all evil. Yes. The love of money is the root of all evil, right? Not money is the root of all evil. Again, money is a piece of paper or a piece of plastic. It's our decision on how we utilize it, right? And so if you love money, if money is the thing that you're worshiping, you can only worship one thing. It's either God or something else, right? There's no way that you could worship two things, right? And the, the human brain and body and the, the universe and everything else that your spirit is not created to worship several things. It's created to worship one thing and that's God, right? And so when you're worshiping money, that's what's dictating your life. The money if you love money, right, for money itself, and you're worshiping it, that's dictating your actions and your behaviors. And a lot of times it doesn't turn out well, right? But if I love God, and I, because of that, I love other people, right? I want to do everything I possibly can to help other people. I really sometimes, I hate to say, I could care less about myself, right? I neglect myself so much just to devote time and energy to other people. I know it's not healthy in the long run. But my point is, is that that's where my heart is. My heart is to make this world a better place. And I have found that money is an incredible resource and tool to do so. Um, and so that's kind of how we bake the faith. And then many other things, which I'll talk about here, you know, yeah. tactics wise in a minute where we talk about stewardship. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I guess I'll just go into it. Yeah, let's let's get it. Let's right, I, awesome. I'm, I'm glad you touched about just real quick yeah, about because in my in my 60, almost 61 years on this earth is one of the biggest turnoffs when when I was single and I was dating for all of those years is meeting people who who praised and like prayed to money. And that would be the biggest turnoff to me to the point where I might've gone to the other end of the spectrum sometime because I didn't want to be with somebody or near anyone who puts money before everything. To me, I distanced myself from those people because it's not something that I, that I pray to, if you know what I mean? So, um, okay. So give us your tactics. All right. So, or tips. Yeah. They tactics. Yeah. I mean, well, so I had five of them. Okay. Some of, several of them we've already touched on. So the forgive yourself one, that's where you start. If you're like, oh man, like you might, you might be listening to this and already have a good start on finances, which is fantastic. Right. But you may have skipped some of these precursors too, as well. Right. One of them being forgive yourself. We mentioned several times. It may have not been, most likely wasn't your fault. We got to step up and take care of your future. Right. Then figure out where those emotions and thoughts around money that you have are coming from. Was it because your parents handled money the wrong way? Was it because you made some mistakes or a hybrid of both, right? And let's address those, face them. Again, forgive yourself for them and move past them, right? And realize we have to do that because we need to, we need to adjust your mindset around money. If you have negative thoughts around money, if you have scarcity thoughts around money, that is what your reality is going to be. You're never right. going to have a good financial future. You're never going to have all the opportunities that you know financial abundance offers you if, you're, if you're, your emotions and thoughts around money are negative. Um, and so from there, 
you know, the best thing to then understand is, you know, kind of from the biblical, you know, faith-based piece is stewardship, right? Stewardship is when God gives us something, he expects us to manage and handle that. So one day when we go to give it back to him, it's in better shape than when he initially gave it to us particularly money. It's the second most talked about topic in the Bible. Go ahead. You have something to say? This is what I love about you. This is what I, this is why I wanted to talk to you when we first met about a year ago because yeah. of this. So please. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And so we always say, you know, particularly money because it's the second most talked about topic in the Bible. Obviously God cares about money, but he cares not just about money, but how we handle the money he blesses us with, right? And so people think that more money is the solution. It's not. It is the furthest thing from the truth. All more money is going to do, it's going to accentuate your poor money habits. You're going to make more, you're going to spend more. You're going to make more, you're going to see just as little. You're going to make more, you have the same exact problems you had in the past when you had less money coming in, if not bigger problems, right? Because the true solution, the true answer here is stewarding your current situation correctly. Because for one, your current situation is probably a lot better than you actually think it is, right? The only reason why you're ending up with no money at the end of the month or, you know, 200 bucks at the end of the month is because of the way you're handling that money when it comes in, the way you're stewarding that money. So it allows you to optimize your current situation, right? And maximize it for the resources and probably the decency that it has already, right? To then most importantly, be able to prove to God that you were willing and deserving of more. Because as you know, there is no bless, there's no cap on the amount of blessings that God wants to give to you. It says it a bazillion times in the Bible, right? The only cap is a self-imposed one because we can't handle our current situation correctly. So God refuses us to bless us with more because it's going to be a recipe for disaster. It's not always the case. You know, you see some of these people blow up and get a ton of money, but it never lasts because they don't have the stewardship skills when it comes in, right? And so I truthfully believe that I am at where I'm at in life, not because I have been perfect, because when I say be a good steward of money, that includes imperfections. God made us imperfect on purpose right? That's the beauty in it. That's where he shines through and that's where we need him. And the point is, is though God does, does expect us to be imperfect and we are going to make mistakes, but he expects us to learn from those mistakes, use them as stepping stones to become better and then teach other people those lessons in the process and give it back to this world, right? And I truthfully believe that I'm blessed in this world. I mean, life's not perfect. I have my own problems. I've made my own mistakes. But at a young age, I have a very large impact, an incredible business, um, an incredible opportunity to make this world a better place through the financial skills that I've learned because God trusts me with that, right? God trusts me with that. And God trusts me with my own situation financially where, you know, I'm coming up on, on, a, on a birthday, you know, this next summer. Um, and it's a, it's a milestone birthday. I'm not going to, you know, sit here and expose my age too, too much. Right. What is it? 30. There, I will be 30 this coming summer. Uh, and I truthfully believe that, you know, this coming summer, I'm, I'll never have to work again ever again in my life if I, if I don't want to. Um, and I'm gonna because I love impacting people. Right. But I promise you, I got there through the stewardship. Right. It was never perfect. I made my mistakes, but I don't let those mistakes hold me back. I use them as learning lessons to do better and to receive better. I, I, I love that you expanded on that. Is there one other thing? Did we go through everything already? Yes. I got two other okay. quick things. I saw the little timer two here. Two quick things. Cause we have four minutes. We have four yes. minutes and I still have to ask you something before we All leave. So give me two others. So quick, the next quick. thing is you have to design the life that is going to produce the outcomes that you want. So if you've got dreams of saving $10,000 a month and you're spending more than you're making each month, that life that you're designing is not going to get you the result that you want. Right, just a very easy depiction. And the last thing here is the only tactical thing I'll give you today. Right, you have to understand that running a budget shouldn't be hard, shouldn't be scary, shouldn't be restricting. It should empower you to spend your money, but in a calculated, controlled, and confident fashion. 
And with that said, the budget is the main financial tool for you to achieve all of your financial goals in the fastest way possible with the least amount of stress and anxiety in the process. And I use this analogy where I say, let's say you have a goal of digging a six-foot hole, right? And you're competing against somebody who's using a shovel, which is the proper tool. And you're over here using your hands. Who's going to get there a heck of a lot faster with a lot less stress and anxiety in the process? Probably the person using the shovel, which is the proper tool to achieve that goal. And that's all I got right there. I had a blow wow. through that. That was really powerful. It's it's so, and I love the fact that you added um, about creating that budget without feeling deprivation. Mm. And I go back to fitness for a second because nobody ever is successful on a weight loss program or with deprivation. Right. Because as soon Agreed. as people feel like they're being deprived of living a full life, then they'll stop. So you've got to find, and that's where we go back to not not giving people plans that are are for everybody. It's not right. cookie cutter. It's it's customized, which is what you do in your business. And we have two minutes left, and I want to have enough time where you give everybody your information. But I would like to know, and we talked about fear a lot. Um, what does it mean to you to be a fearlessly authentic person? I think designing the life that you want to live that's best fit for you, not what your parents want for you, you know, not what you know, the, the neighbors down the street have, not what your friends are doing. What is your definition of wealth? What is your definition of success? And then fearlessly and authentically go after that to create it. For me, I want to be able to do what I want, when I want, how I want to do it with, who I want to do it with, no stresses and anxieties whatsoever. Not from like a selfish materialistic standpoint, but like if me and my wife want to wake up, make breakfast with the kids, walk them to the bus stop and hang out on the couch all day because we're financially set and secure to be able to do so, then I want to do that. The number one currency, the most valuable currency in this world isn't money, it's time, but you can buy that currency back by doing the right things with your money. And so being fearlessly authentic is just designing the life that you want to live and not being scared to go after it and make it happen because you can. Buying your currency. Say that one more time because I love that. Buying your yeah. currency. So the number one currency, the most valuable currency in this world is not money, it is time. But you can buy yourself that most valuable currency of time by being able to handle your personal finances, your finances in totality the right way, right? If you can set aside enough money, invest enough money, set yourself up, you can do whatever you want with your time and you bought yourself back that time. And that's what everybody wants. Justin, thank you so much for joining us. So much great information, so much insight, mindset shifts, talking about the fear of of being financially free. How can my listeners get in touch with you? What's the best way? Yeah, the best way would be through my Instagram. So Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N underscore Buonamo, B-U-O-N-O-M-O, right? I'm sure Jody will drop it in the show notes or send it out yes, or whatnot. it's in the show notes. Okay, awesome. So from there, you guys can reach out to me. It's me who answers the DMs. I don't got anybody else out there doing it, right? And then, you know, we have an awesome free Facebook group, which will be a place to get started, which is right in the link in my bio. And then you guys can reach out to me with anything at all that you need. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. I will see you next week on Fearlessly Authentic. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.